We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joined tonight by my co-host John Stefanchik. Just two of us uh, in the studio. A little OG edition of the podcast. We're going to get into it. Talk about Ole Miss's sanctions finally released here on Friday. Uh, only, I want to say, like three months after the Committee on Infractions met. Maybe a little bit less since it was uh, 9-11. Um, we'll talk about some other stuff that came out. But obviously that's the big story this week. Um, Ole Miss has been waiting on these sanctions for a long time. The culmination of a, a five-year investigation. Um, and it's not, it's not really something that's a clear cut, you know, this went one way or the other. We were just talking about before the show started. Um, there's a lot of things in the sanctions that are bad for Ole Miss, a second year bull ban, obviously not ideal. Um, that opens up a lot of possibilities of transfer. Uh, basically what's happening now is anyone that's a senior can transfer anywhere. Uh, anyone else has to apply for a waiver, but from early indications, it looks like the NCAA and alternately even Ole Miss is, is happy to grant that to anyone who wants one. Uh, we found out on Saturday, I believe, Shay Patterson has been granted permission to talk to other schools about transferring. I'm not sure if Van Jefferson has been granted that permission, but he, his name has been spoken many, many times in the last week um, as someone that very possible transfer. Um, other than that, a lot of a lot of younger guys uh, that hadn't really had an impact yet. Uh, also, some older guys like uh, maybe a DK Buford or something that uh, maybe is going to transfer, go down a level for playing time, stuff like that. So nothing too terrible on the transfer front yet. Although that's that's going to be a story to watch the next month or so, along with uh, a little bit of recruiting that's going to be going on. But uh, let me bring in my coach, John Stefanchik. We can talk about these sanctions a little bit. What's up, John? How you doing, man? Is it just me or does it feel like these sanctions got released like three weeks ago? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the two year bull ban has been known for a while. I mean, I think the coaching candidates were probably aware of that. From like the actual, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but there was like the whole run through it all Friday. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up Saturday, like, I'm just going to disengage from this whole thing to a fair extent. And you know what, the de- the details are the details at this point. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, long story short, this is a black and white inside job by the NCAA. Mullen chose to go here, which is interesting. Strickland was on board with it. Leo Lewis was dumb enough to play along. I, I for a feel while, bad. and it's just very strange. We're, we're I feel bad for Leo now. Lewis at the end of the day. He got played. Mullen orchestrated. Yeah, Scott Strickland's like, oh, let's go to Florida and hire Dan Mullen. <laughs> it's 
gonna be great. It's gonna be a great idea for him. Uh, with Demo is definitely not gonna get any bad press in the in the next year, so we're getting involved in any lawsuits or anything like that. Inst- probably the Ole Miss ruling makes zero sense. Very confusing. They basically accepted their scholarship. They accepted everything except for two things. They added a second year bowl ban, mm-hmm. and then they said, "Oh, you can only have one official." Unofficial visit per prospect per year. Yeah, one which, unofficial. One unofficial, one official, I think, which is very weird. How, how they enforce unofficial visits where you're not supposed to receive any benefits or anything, I don't yeah, know. So basically, because, are, we, are you saying that a high school kid, if they're a recruit, if they play football, they're not allowed to come onto Ole Miss's campus except for one time a year? Like, how does that work? Like, how is that enforceable? It's very odd. I don't know. It but makes no sense. The scholarship productions, I mean, we were talking about before the show, the most confusing part, if Ole Miss had, had been docked, like, say, 25 scholarships, I think that would line up with the tone of the NCAA's response, which was very, very, um, you know, draconian, and they, they sounded very upset and angry, and they, they invoked uh, NCAA investigations from the 80s and the 90s against Ole Miss to paint, like, a, a 30-year pattern of misconduct. Um, basically, by reading the introduction, you would think that they were absolutely going to hammer Ole Miss um, the second year bull band's a big punishment for sure, but then 13 scholarships, um, three of which have already been imposed. Like you said, they accepted what Ole Miss proposed uh, as far as scholarship productions. That, that's just very confusing. I honestly haven't heard a very compelling explanation for that yet. Um, I was saying to you before the show, John, I mean, you can maybe make the argument that part of that has to do with the fact that Hugh Freeze is no longer the head coach of Ole Miss. You know, maybe if he hadn't been forced to resign over his own personal problems that, that he would have gotten hammered harder because he wanted to punish him. I don't know, but you know that theory doesn't make a lot of sense either because Freeze got off lighter than anybody in this whole thing. I mean, the real victim here is Chris Kiffin, right? How can the coach have control of his staff and the university not? That's very is strange. The coach too. not a university employee, more well, directly right? And, and so the directly reports to him, charged and upheld with lack of institutional control. My understanding was that that charge was an upgrade of the failure to monitor charge that Freeze was found innocent of. It's it's very, very confusing all around. Um, I, I don't really understand. I mean, I, why hey, would I, a chancellor go in front of the COI and admit that there's a booster culture yeah, that problem? Was, that, that was bad. Um, I think his quote ended up in the report, too, that it was it, I mean, it kind of reminded me of the, the Houston nut apology that he got from Ole Miss, where it's just like uh, just self-flagellation for the sake of the person receiving the statement. That seems like what bitter statement to the NCAA was. But, I mean, I, I don't understand how Freeze got off so light. There's widespread speculation that he may be a little snitching, maybe, uh, you know, who's who's to say exactly what Freeze told the committee and coming to that. I think it's interesting that we had so much reporting come out on Thursday about stuff that Leo Lewis said, um, backed up on Friday with some documents that Ole Miss released. But we haven't really heard anything from the Good Rebels uh, about what former old Miss hero Hugh Freeze had to say to the committee. I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I want to read some articles about that, about what led to him, who we were told for you know four or five years Hugh Freeze has done this to himself. He's pissed off the wrong people, be it Mike Sheraton or the NCAA writ large with his his you know report violations here tweet. Uh, we were told that that he was the main target. All of that. And see, John, that's kind of what's confusing too, right? So the inside job. It was rubber stamped. It was predetermined, all of that. But we were told that part of what was predetermined was multi-year show calls for freeze, big scholarship productions. It, it, it's kind of like it was on track for, for just a colossal inside job rubber stamping. And at some point, something got crossed up. Something got thrown out of whack. And somehow Hugh Freeze skates. 
uh, and some of Ole Miss's scholarships get reduced. Very strange. Uh, to, to wrap it up on Freeze, he is eligible immediately, I think, to serve as an assistant coach. There might be some restrictions like suspensions for a few games, something on that. Uh, and then next year, he could be a head coach. I think he'd have to sit out like two conference games or something. I mean, every part of these penalties is so like ticky tacky and so like 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 the conference game thing. It's all based on just like little little technicalities and stuff. It's very strange. Very strange. Free ruling. get a championship ring for for being a advisor to Georgia during the season. <laughs> he should, right? Yeah, SEC champions Georgia. Congrats to Kirby Smart. Uh, wait, so. I, I don't remember exactly what they said, but I know Georgia in the press denied that they had been using Freeze as an Georgia analyst. Just made up, Georgia had alternative facts floating around. Well, I'm guessing my guess would be if it's if the rumors of Freeze helping Kirby game plan are true, I'm guessing that their language in that statement probably left them some wiggle room as to something like, you know, okay. he he never did this, but he was actually doing this. I don't know. Who knows? Um, shit. Shit, I had a thought and I lost it. What um it happens to me all the time. This thing's just a debacle. So Freeze Freeze So oh yeah, that's what it was. Was Freeze really the target in this whole thing? Well maybe not. Or was <laughs> Ole Miss the target? Maybe yeah, Ole Miss and Barney Farrar and Chris Kiffin are the, the biggest that hit the hardest for sure. I've mentioned Kiffin a couple times. He gets a two year show call. So, so how did Nixon Harris get off? No idea. I, I have no idea. It, the fact that they got off, does that mean that the Walter Hughes allegation was thrown out? I mean honestly no, I, Walter Hughes got getting disassociated for life this makes no sense it's so confusing i don't understand any of it um yeah so kiffin gets a two-year show cause i i I, no i'm not gonna make that comment okay um obviously everybody talks about you know your head would explode if i had said my thought my head would explode. My head would never explode, John. I'm cool, calm, and collected. If you're not saying it because of me, please say it. If you're not saying it to protect us or yourself, I was gonna say maybe I'll, maybe academia deserves to pay more taxes with this new Trump tax plan. They don't brains <laughs> for logic. So, All right, interesting. Theory. The Trump tax plan, huh? He's been super involved in it. I'm sure it, it definitely isn't the uh, the McConnell Ryan tax what's, plan. What's dumber this? T- Parts of this tax plan or the NCAA making a ruling. I, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, look, 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 this thing. I mean, Syracuse put up a wall and basically won. Uh, Bayham had to sit out nine games eventually after like fifteen years of investigating. Mm-hmm. North Carolina put up a wall and won a national title in basketball. Now, to be fair, I think it hurt him a bit. Football. I say that maybe, maybe, maybe not. We'll see how they do next year. Maybe there's a couple kids they didn't get, but they didn't make a conference championship game a couple of years ago. You're talking Ole about Miss, North Carolina is hurt in football by their strategy with the NCAA. Well, just the 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 fact that they are in the NCAA crosshairs. Yeah. Football. If you go play football, you're going to be there, or actually, you don't. No, you don't get a choice. You you've got to do play three years at a school. Right. Versus basketball, the guy, really good athletes, one and done. I mean, the NCAA can take so long. You're not worried about one year. So I think right. it's two totally different ways to look at it. See, and I think that's a branded thing there because if I was North Carolina, I'd just be telling every recruit, hey, we got these awesome classes where you get free A's, so don't even have to go to them. Like, that's, it's they, a recruiting pitch. They just got to try hard. Or you go to LSU and be like, we got these awesome classes where you don't show up and 
they, we don't get we're not in trouble with the NCAA. So. Yeah, or or you can go to Ole Miss where uh you know they'll <laughs> they'll make audio recordings of your parents asking for money and then and, uh, and then we'll release forget, them a year later. We'll, two we'll forget later. to get your hours counted. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Higher junior year. Not so. great, not great on that. Uh, but yeah, finish your thought about UNC and Syracuse. I guess. And yeah. then Ole Miss, this is where it still doesn't make sense. They go with the exemplary co- cooperation tactic, mm-hmm. and then they get run over. They get run over more than the head coach that supposedly went in and told the investigators to go take a hike. So there's none nothing. Of it, none co- of that makes sense. Nothing cohesive about this. I guess the only explanation is there's a bunch of different layers and undercurrents within the NCAA, the investigation committee, all of this that just said, and at the end of the day, everybody said, you know what, let's just, let's give them two years to make the investigators happy. But it's like the COI just said, we just want to get the hell out of here and move on. We don't care. Ole Miss isn't going to damage our revenue streams. So rubber stamp it. So I'm reading, I'm reading this paragraph about, Chris Tiffin and what he did wrong, right? So do you want to hear what you have to do to get to your show calls? Yeah, let's hear about this. So he committed multiple violations. First of all, he provided inaccurate information to the assistant recruiting director. I'm guessing that's Barney. Or actually, that, that might be like a, the random administrator because it resulted in the institution impermissibly paying the expenses of an individual who accompanied, accompanied Laramie Tunsil on his official visit. Um, so basically like a bookkeeping error where he said someone was someone's relative, but really it was like their quote unquote uncle. Yeah, it was like Tunsil's dad or stepdad. Really dumb, really stupid stuff. Like Level that. three violation in any school that results in zero punishment. Uh, that same weekend, he referred the family to the of Laramie Tunsil to the retail establishment, a.k.a. Rebel Rags, uh, where he made impermissible contacts with prospects and failed to report his known violations. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Where they received free, free merchandise. I skipped a line. Uh, he allowed Tunsil to spend the night in his home. He made impermissible contacts with prospects, and he failed to report his known violations. So what we just talked about there, outside of the rubble rag stuff, um, which I think is still yet to be determined, although what I will say about the Kiffin show calls is that you know, his phone records did betray um, a worrying level of contact with uh, individuals at Rebel Rags. I think that's probably why he got the show calls. Um, but the rest of this stuff is complete ticky-tacky nothing. You know, a night in his house, impermissible contacts, a.k.a. you called them at the wrong times, um, and then failing to report that. that. That's all level three stuff, like, for real. Um, apparently, he was the link between Tunsil's family and the booster that gave uh, Lindsey Miller money. Or he, yeah, he introduced... Yeah, Lindsey Miller to the booster that gave him money. He introduced them to, I guess, Chan Patel, who gave them free lodging. Um, and that's it. And so, therefore, he receives a two-year show calls from December 1st through November 30th, 2019. That's, that is pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. And I don't understand. I mean, maybe this, maybe the whole thing was out to get the Kiffins. Maybe this is all about having Lane in the crosshairs, John. Like, honestly, what, like, why is Kiffin hammered over stuff that any dirty position coach does at any school and, you know, maybe gets a... At worst, you know, you get like a two-game suspension for this or something. I don't understand how that rises to the level of a, of a two-year show. Call. Did they um? Did they mention mention or say they believe that Leo got paid ten grand by the old Miss Booster? I guess they said they found Leo's testimony. I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. Leo testified that State paid him, right? Right. So that that is nowhere in um, this official response from the NCAA. But it is in what Ole Miss calls their supplemental supplement to response to notice of allegations. Uh, so that's a really interesting document. 
Um, I suggest you give it a look. You can you can get to it on the same website that has everything about the case. That URL, if you're looking for it, athleticsworking.wp2.oldmiss.edu. That's got all the links right there to Ole Miss's response, NCAA response, all of that. Uh, but this document's on Scribbit. It's a it's a legal document. Lee Tyner's got his name on here. A few other lawyers from the law firm Lightfoot, uh, the you know the NCAA firm that Ole Miss uses. Um, super interesting though. I will just read a little bit from it here. Um, it says new information was revealed at the committee on infractions meetings. This is back in September 11th, uh, and it says in particular uh, Mississippi State student athlete Leo Lewis. And excuse me, I'm. I am inserting names on who I believe to be the uh, the monikers assigned to the NCAA here. Interestingly enough, John, we were talking about this before the show. In the NCAA's response, they appear to refer to Leo as student athlete one. Uh, in this document, Ole Miss is still using the old number in student athlete 39. Um, so we'll assume it's the same person. I'll just say allegedly here. But it says he revealed two facts at the hearing previously unknown to the university. One – uh, that student athlete 46's father, and we know that from media reports, is alleged to be Farad Green, who goes to Mississippi State. His dad is the DB coach at Colon Junior College, um, and an individual associated with Leo Lewis. Uh, so Farad Green and someone else that's not named uh, gave Leo Lewis $10,000 on National Signing Day 2015. Uh, and secondly, Leo Lewis revealed that he met with Mississippi State head football coach Dan Mullen before Mississippi State spring game in April 2016 regarding a future interview with the NCAA enforcement staff. That's relevant because officially Mississippi State wasn't notified that the Leo was supposed to be interviewed uh, until that summer, like June or July or even later. Uh, and yet Mullen's meeting with Leo in April to coach him on what to say. I mean, this is not this is not Ole Miss asserting this. This is what Leo Lewis told the Committee on Infractions uh, when he was being questioned in Covington, Kentucky. Um, so question the credibility of this information all you want. Uh, really, all you're doing is saying that, that Leo Lewis is making stuff up. I mean, that's a, that's a position that Ole Miss fans will certainly agree with you on. Um, but just very, very strange, very weird stuff. A lot of people have intimated that, you know, maybe Leo's personal lawyer who's represent, representing him in the Rebel Rags case is advising him on what to say here more so than this is what Mississippi State wants him to say because I can't imagine Mississippi State would coach him to, to say this stuff. Um, it's just, it set off this crazy chain of events. Um, if you, if you read the different articles that came out the day before the sanctions, you got Stephen Godfrey article, Neil McCready had a piece, Ben Garrett had a piece. They all kind of had some different little details from the hearing that were sourced from different people that were there. Um, right after Leo Lewis said this revealed that not only was he paid with Mississippi state, but gave the name of who paid him all of that. Uh, the COI immediately went into recess, and they stopped, and they came back. Um, later that day, this is honestly the part that I found the most hilarious. Uh, NCAA head of enforcement, John Duncan, apparently got up after the lunch break and explained to the committee how, well, actually, sometimes if there's a preexisting relationship, it's okay to give a student athlete $10,000 in cash. Uh, so basically, he was making the argument that Farrar Green was a friend of Leo Lewis's, gave him the money as a gift, had nothing to do with Mississippi State, uh, and, and implied that maybe there was a history there of financial support from Green to Lewis. It's just, it's really funny to imagine this person tasked with upholding these, you know, bastions of amateurism or whatever, saying, well, you know, sometimes it's okay to pay for play. It's, it's just a hilarious image to me. Um, I mean, that's that's the thrust of, of what was revealed in those articles, and then now in and Ole Miss is up a little response. Supposedly, Ole Miss is going to use this uh, as the meat of their appeal of the second-year bowl ban. Um, they also say they're challenging the unofficial visit thing that we brought up earlier that was very strange. 
Um, so a lot, a lot to happen in that appeal, I guess. But I mean, what do you, what do you make of all this, John? Of this, not, I mean, the sanctions, whatever. Put them aside. What do you make of Leo Lewis saying this stuff in front of the COIs? It's honestly one of the strangest things that's happened in this entire saga. I think Leo. Because we know we know they wanted to rubber stamp him, and we saw them rubber stamp. Even with this testimony, they rubber stamped his allegations. Why is he revealing this? It's it's very. I think strange. Leo in his mind said, "You know what? I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to <laughs> say what." Happened. Hell yeah, dude! I love I love it. All right, I mean, Leo's a stand up guy. <laughs> I love it. Well, you're getting paid money, and your head coach tells you to do something, and but at the end of the day, I mean. I don't know. Nothing. The whole thing's crazy. Um, none of it makes any sense. It, it, it makes complete sense and it makes no sense at the same time. Yeah. I, I just want to take a moment, moment to formally congratulate, congratulate Jeff Vitter and Ross Bjork on blowing eight figures with this whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, damaging season ticket sales for the next few years. Oh yeah. And donations, damaging enrollment. No, it's it's cool, John. Uh the stadium will be full. You know, you know how Oxford has sixty thousand residents, right? We'll just get all the Oxford people that love Luke and they'll they'll sell out the stadium. It's totally fine. The Texas A and M game what was never even half full. <laughs> yeah, that was before we hired Luke full time. Now all the Oxford people that love them, they're gonna pack it out, dude. You don't even have to worry about that. No doubt. I mean, but hey, 15 people that want access are going to get access or have their access. This is what's crazy is that Ole Miss says, admits they have a booster culture problem, mm-hmm. complains about the NCAA hammering them, yet they hired a coach strictly off of booster access. Yep. Yeah, no, it's very ironic. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, well, I saw someone else pointing out, you know, how can Vitter say yeah, that? Yeah, Vitter think he's Huey Long because he's not. I don't think – uh, probably not, but maybe. That would be funny if he did think that. I would love it if that was secretly what he thought. Uh, no, I was going to say, I saw people point out that it was ironic that Vitter's going to talk about a booster problem uh, when it's widely reported that boosters led him to, to you know not extend Andy Kennedy's contract last year. It's pretty funny. Jeff Vitter, he... It's goofy. Is he worse than Pete Boone? I think Ooh. so. It's a different. It's a different bad, right? But there, it's yeah. It might be. It might be worse. I, I thought it was interesting that he spoke at the press conference on Friday. Um, I didn't watch it, but I read some quotes, and he kind you know, of. I just, what was no, what, you didn't watch it? Okay, uh, I didn't watch it. The words and the way it reads make uh-huh. them sound much tougher than they came sure. across. He was just reading off a piece of paper, right? I mean, I can imagine came across, it. His, so they couldn't even his get their monotone. words out. And it wasn't just Jeff. It was Ross. Ross could barely even get a statement out. I mean, it was like, what are you guys doing? I cannot believe I mean. It seems like Ross has a foot out the door. and I mean, I, I won't be sad to see him get him. He can't be hired. Yeah. Ross Bjork's tenure. Women's basketball scandal. Track and field scandal, softball Put, scandal. What? Oh, he fired. He fired the softball coach. Yeah. Fired other coaches. Yeah. Go on. 
didn't roll over, did not get AK's contract rolled over, which in the coaching community is a what the hell is your problem deal. Built a pavilion, the one good thing. He built a building. That's it. Yep. Uh, had to fire Freeze in disgrace. Um, oversaw five year NCAA investigation. Oversaw uh, the worst. Especially when everybody's well, everybody that know actually knows how to compete knows how to handle the NCAA. Tell them to go take a hike. Yep. Um, so they cooperated. Looking at looking at his second bull band season next year, uh, like you if, said, if cost a bunch of money. If hated Dan Jones, then they wouldn't have any reason to because the guy got leukemia and fired. Yeah. If the NCAA hates Lee Tyner, maybe that's what's going on here. You mean the Maybe guy that the tries to catch Ole Miss doing stuff? I feel like they probably like Ole Miss's compliance department. Maybe the NCAA hates hates Bjork. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Probably for those jackets, man. That Maybe red and that plaid. It's an affront to the senses. Yep. I like how everybody was tweeting about Ross's suit game or jacket game in that that's, presser. It was like, this guy isn't resigning. It I looks mean, like that's, garbage. What? That's like, oh, that's so stupid. That's like tweeting about Andy Kennedy's suit game. Like, uh, it's, uh, uh, I do, I do want to take a minute and congratulate the New York giants for successfully draining the swamp today. Yeah. Whole, wholesale changes went off and totally botched, botched a season and made a inexplicable decision to bench Eli Manning. Yep. And then the owner up and said, I'm firing the GM and the coach. Yeah, is we're he, stupid today. Is Eli going to be their quarterback there next year? Yeah. I also want to congratulate myself because after Freeze got fired, when we did our roundtable, mm-hmm. my closing comment was one down, two to go, and uh, the two that are still around have screwed this up as bad as you could ever hope to screw something up. It's pretty bad. I mean, I, I I go back and forth. Obviously, I I don't think of of Vitter and Bjork as like particularly competent. I mean, I like I've said, like I've hedged many times about Vitter. You know, if he does great things on the academic side, I can give him a pass in that regard. But I I don't see them being pro very proactive or making the best decisions when it comes to athletics. At the same time, you know, how much of this was predetermined? How much of it can you can you change on appeal? Like that still remains to be seen. Because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, if they're able to successfully appeal, get the second year taken off, Ole Miss only loses, you know, Shea Patterson, Van Jefferson, uh, a few other younger guys, and they can go to a bowl next year. Um, Matt Luke somehow finds a way to recruit, whether it's, you know, cobbling the other Mississippi kids or, you know, I don't I don't know how he's going to get out of state kids, but some way doing that. I mean, it, it could be not a win, but you avoided just completely – cratering the program i'm not ready to say that's going to happen yet but there is a there's a narrow path we shall see but yeah for now i mean what has bjork done he built a building like you said and a lot of missteps since then oh i think there's a path where luke can win six or seven games a year yeah and just kind of be the steward of the program you know for a few years until and maybe he he learns how to coach and make in-game decisions. He's going to have to, or else it's going to be even but, worse. But you know, maybe he figures it out, and in four years, you're like, this guy's actually a pretty solid coach. It's possible. We're not ready to say it's it's going to happen, but yeah, yeah but maybe. maybe. I mean, uh, but, what, I mean do you make, what do you make of some of these other hires? I mean, obviously, Texas A&M killed it with Jimbo, but like, what about like ASU and Herm well, Edwards? I'm going to tell you right now, Jimbo Fisher's not going to do any better than anybody else has done there. This is a weird job. It's weird. What it's I'm a weird job. But it seems like a lot of underwhelming hires this year, I guess is what I'm saying. Luke definitely oh, being one of them. Sucks. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tennessee can't get a coach. Well, Tennessee had a Philip Fulmer inside job. It was inside job Friday. We had Philip Fulmer. We had uh, the Ole Miss ruling. Mike Flynn played guilty. Um, It was. It was a lot. There was a lot of. uh, Jimbo threw his Christmas tree in the yard, which is hilarious. That's pretty funny. Um, it's been a crazy. It's been a crazy week um, since we last talked after the Egg Bowl, after Luke got hired, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm not ready to say Luke was the right hire, especially with Mike Norvell still sitting out there at Memphis. I mean, even like Neil Brown at Troy. What do you think, Matt Luke versus Neil Brown? Where do you come down on that? Would you rather have Brown? I don't think Neil Brown's any better than Matt Luke. Exactly. They kind of seem. They kind of seem similar, but. I mean Charlie Strong. I would have loved to have Charlie Strong. He's he's still at USF, uh, but I guess we'll I guess we'll see. I mean AJ Brown staying. He had a great he had a great Wolf of Wall Nebraska Street tweet. Good guy. I was kind of on the sitting there asking myself what has Scott Frost actually accomplished. Yeah. Blah 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 for a while. He went twelve and zero, didn't he? Thirteen. Yeah, but in one season. But the thing I will say is about Frost. Frost is coached on both sides of the ball. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, is he going to be able to recruit enough in Nebraska? That's the fascinating part. Fascinating part. What What but, was their recruiting like uh, back when they when they were so good? Was it Was it like Midwestern homegrown guys? I, I think like well, corn fed linemen. They could go poach kids out of Texas and Oklahoma because they were in the they were in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder Great. if Frost is able to bring any Florida kids since he was at UCF. You know, I think he ought to be able to get, probably get a few here and there. I mean, Dan Mullen at Florida is spending most of his time over like in Mississippi and going out. Do you see he uh, he took the Florida plane to visit uh, Mississippi State's kicking commit? I love that. Yes, he did. I he's love that. He's such, I, he's such a. I, I'm going to be. I don't think Dan does that great in Gainesville. Oh no, I think I think it's much more likely that he would have he would have done better staying in state than making that jump. I feel like there's like a twenty thirty percent chance he's more successful there. Um, yep. And a big chance that it's you know three and out. I think Florida made a C plus higher. I'll give I them. Think. I'll give them a B because of the 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 carousel. I mean, they pretty much got the candidate everybody wanted. I mean, they got one of the best that was out there before Jim, before Jimbo was on the market. Tennessee really wanted good. Tennessee wanted Mullen. Yeah, and what? And yeah, let's look at Tennessee's track record hiring coaches. <laughs> Derek Dooley and Butch Jones, two tremendous hires. Hey man, I'm just saying Mullen has a great reputation among talking heads, and apparently how ADs, fun would Mike Leach have been in Knoxville? Man, they, they screwed that up, but I'm happy because they don't deserve Mike Leach, and I was sad to see Tennessee get someone that was actually fun and cool. Um, but I hope Harris he gets back to the State SEC. Hired Herm Edwards, that's the dumbest hire ever. Man, that's so funny. I want to talk in a second about that, but we should say Malzahn staying at Auburn signed a long term deal, so that leaves Arkansas looking. They got Arkansas got their AD today. I think from the the Houston AD is who they hired. Um, well, rumor is they want to go hire Chad Morris. Right, I know, right? That would be funny. I would love for them to hire Chad Morris so we can see uh, the Arkansas Ole Miss rivalry. Poor Austin Miller, he gets Chad Morris and, and Matt, Matt Luke. and Matt Luke. I know. Oh. And, you know, he's a full Arkansas fan now. He's he's not Mississippi Mays, who doesn't deserve the Rebels. But yeah, the Herm Edwards thing. Did you see from his press conference today where he was confused about that guy writing for a website called Devil's Digest? Whoa. It's so funny. No, did you, did you not see it? It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. He was like, uh, he said his name, whatever, devilsdigest.com. And Her- Herm is like, hold on, hold on. Devil's Digest? 
where are you out of? And he was like, uh, right here in Tempe. Ha, 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 ha. How in the hell you go from, we're not going to hire Kevin Sumlin because he turned us down five, six years ago to, oh, let's go hire Herm Edwards. It's confusing. I saw at the press conference like two Academia. different agents for Edwards gave speeches. So maybe he just has a great representation. I don't know. Academia. Wonderful decision makers. That's pretty bad. That, yeah, I don't I don't understand that at all. Um, and maybe Herm Edwards also philosophically opposed to the mascot there. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not the best choice. Um, let's see. What else, who else hired coaches this week, John? Oh, UCLA UCLA, got, got, uh, UCLA and Nebraska. Yeah, got Chip. We talked about that last time, though, I remember. Because I remember us talking about how it makes a lot of sense for Chip to go live in a town like L.A. than be in the fishbowl of any SEC town, so... Probably a smart move there. You know, Dan Bullen's appreciative of Rumor that. Rumor is UCF's looking at someone to replace right. Frost. Right. Good, good move. That would be great for them, yeah. Um, so if if Chad Morris gets the Arkansas job and Norvell stays at Memphis, that means whatever skeleton was in Norvell's closet allegedly, it's got to be bad, right? I mean, how do you get passed over for this many jobs that you were at once considered the front runner for? Yeah, that's a good question. It's very strange. Uh, but, hey, let him stay at Memphis, and maybe we could hire him in two or three years. No shit. I like Norvell. Um, let's see here. We talked about punishments, talked about scholarships, the visits. I mean. There's no logic at all to this ruling. Um, yeah. I would think, I think Ole Miss is a six and six program in the next four years. It's my thought. Yeah. I mean, because after, after next year, I'm struggling to see where the offense comes from. One, maybe Ray of Hope. Apparently, um, Ole Miss is. Trying to get a retroactive medical redshirt for Jordan Tiamu so he'd be able to play not just next year, but also Malik Heath guy or whoever it is. Malik Henry, to... yeah, you're doing you're pulling Weston now and confusing him with the receiver from Callaway. I don't know. I, it seems like today maybe Ole Miss was backing off of Malik Henry a little bit. But yeah, I mean he's a thug Juco. That's who you want. The Ole Miss system says you need either thug Juco's or uh, you know, clean clean cut Juco's like Tiamu who are just grinders with a hard assault. Salt grinders at the heart of gold, excuse me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the Malik Henry deal is. Um, he, he was – I think maybe he's going to go to Nebraska. I heard that Scott Frost just offered him there, so maybe that's what's going on um, is that he just isn't interested in coming to Ole Miss anymore. Um, definitely got to get somebody at QB, the Juco or whatever, um, because next year it's Tom U and Pellerin, assuming – Shane Patterson follows through on what he started. I mean, some people have said, oh, he's conflicted. You know, he's not necessarily decided that he's going to leave yet or whatever. Um, I kind of think that's probably sunshine pumping. It, it's funny. The funny thing to me about Shane, and I was saying that saying this this weekend, um, it, he never thought he would be in a situation. Like, he never thought at Ole Miss he would be challenged for the starting job. So it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. Mutual divorce. Yeah, I, really I mean – I, I hey hey man, he didn't sign up necessarily for back to back bowl bans. He didn't sign up to get injured two years in a row, any of that. But at the same time, I think it's funny because it's impossible to ignore the fact that he actually has been pushed for a starting spot, and there there would be a legit competition in the spring if he stayed, um, if he was even healthy enough to compete against Tommy in the spring. So it's it's a, it's funny all things considered. But I I wish Shay the best. I mean I he's. Seems like a nice kid. I think he gets a lot of flack for maybe the actions of some people around him uh, that he probably can't control. He's publicly, you know, treated Ole Miss well and, and been a good rebel, whatever that's worth. So 
Best of luck, Shay. Sam Devan Jefferson. You know, I, there's rumors he's going to go to Indiana, play for Grant Hurd. Hey, more power to both of them. Um, I honestly, like Van Jefferson, all we ever heard about him was how great his routes were. He gets in Longo's system, literally doesn't have routes. So hard to blame him for trying to go play in a pro-style system. Um, is Phil Longo actually going to stick around and be the OC? Yeah, dude. He is. He, de- he definitely is. Um, which is funny. I mean, we've been talking about how weird it is to. We're gonna keep the, the whole. Staff. What a joke! Some people are intimating that maybe we're gonna do that thing where you we're wait till after signing day. Top five, I think. I think we're number five or number four is what they were saying. Right. People were saying maybe there's gonna be staff changes like after uh, signing day or whatever. You know, Ole Miss gets the tenth assistant. Uh, you know, everybody gets it. Off was less guilty than this in January. I mean, good grief. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see some changes. Top five money? It's pathetic. I think keeping Longo is a strange choice. Uh, it could work out. I don't know. I mean, his system, like he said it would in his presentations, put up a lot of big numbers against a lot of bad teams. Um, got a quality one against Mississippi State. You know, with a lot of other factors in that game, five turnovers, and they're starting QB going down. Um, so I'm not going to give Longo that one outright, but – I mean, if it helps, if it helps Tom, you and AJ be comfortable and happy staying at Ole Miss next year. I mean, it's, that's like the Luke hire, right? The only focus right now is trying to keep your your star players that sell tickets happy and from even looking into transferring. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about the staff anymore. Like, it, it all just seems so pointless to to even think that things are going to get better on that front. What, so what's wait your and current see. status? Are you, are you mad? Are you over it? Honestly, you- I'm honestly, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Uh, not necessarily about the direction of the program, like not necessarily about hiring Luke, necessarily about the assistance. I mean, I'm optimistic because I think things could have been a lot worse for Ole Miss and this ruling. Like even if Luke goes five and seven, six and six for the next three or four years, um, in theory, the foundation will be a lot more complete for the next coach, you know, not losing five scholarships a year for the next five years or whatever it was going to be with the bigger things. Can't, things can't change quick. I mean, 2011 team was a total train wreck and right. Well, everybody. And I mean, I'm, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Luke. Cause he seems like a good guy. I don't think he has skeletons and that's honestly like, that's important in today's game. We see it all over the country, and we saw it here, you know, back in, what was that, July or August, when, you know, Freeze's phone records. Um, it, it's it's honestly something that will destroy your program uh, if you ignore it for long enough, personal problems like, for instance, you know, Freeze's off-the-field stuff. Um, so I like Luke for that regard. You know, a good Rebel, that's that's great, whatever. I hope, I hope he does well, but at the same time, um, and honestly, I think most Ole Miss fans when it comes to Luke, the ones that are still on board, what the program feel the same way, you know, good guy, but we're not going to be overly attached. I don't think anybody has anything personal against Matt Luke at all. Well, table, table hate, <laughs> hates him as a position coach, but, but I don't think he hates him as a person. I think he, he, he hates, he hates. Yeah. I think everybody with most people mad at the hire, mad at the fact it was a good old boy hire. Right. And, and maybe they think Ole Miss could have made a more legitimate national hire. And I mean, Hey, the ruling wasn't that bad. So maybe they could have coaching games. There's nothing to do with that. Hold on. You guys might hear that. My Google Home just thought I was talking to uh, to it. So, got a got a, a third co-host in the mix here. She's quiet for now. We'll see if she has anything else to add later. Um, it was weird. I was like really confused for a second as to what was talking other than you, John. Sorry. Uh, uh, Ross Bjork. What do you think of Ross Bjork going for? Ooh, man. Uh, like I said, there's a path on this whole appeal thing. 
if you get if you get the appeal down to one year bowl ban, I hate to say it, but with the worst optics in the world getting absolutely slaughtered in PR, he somehow will have found a way to like back into a win on the whole investigation. And I don't I mean like am I wrong? Like for everything we know, all the stuff that the NCAA discovered against Ole Miss, they're scathing, you know, writing about Ole Miss, the hearing, all of that. If you get off with 13 scholarships and one-year bowl ban uh, and no show causes for current coaches, I mean, it's hard for me not to call that a win if I'm being unbiased. At the same time, as I said, I don't like Bjork's PR strategy. I don't know how competent he really is behind the scenes. Um, sometimes it seems not very... Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could go either way on Bjork. He's, I wouldn't be sad to see him go. That's for sure. I don't know who Ole Miss would hire to make it better. I feel like it would probably be like a, an internal promotion. You know, it would probably be Michael Thompson or somebody, and maybe it work out. Maybe not. I, I mean, generally, I'm, I am, in wait and see mode with the football program. Uh, but at the same time, I'm a little relieved, um, and I feel like they dodged a bullet. Uh, and living down here. You know, just can't just got off an egg bowl, egg bowl win, no matter the circumstances. Um, and then all the state fans are now super disappointed and mad at the NCAA for going light. So it could be worse, I guess, is my point. I mean, where are you seeing on Bjork these days? I mean, he's not an old Miss guy. He's that's not a, positive, a good rebel. Right? That's a, that's in his favor. And I'm I'm just trying to figure out how he's kept his job because he's not a good rebel. He has a lot of defenders, and I'm not sure who they are, honestly, or why. Guess, Maybe yes, he's really he good with the big money people, right? Maybe that's he's how good he's with the five money people. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah, I mean that could explain it. Coke in the second quarter of the Besides game. Besides that, I don't. I don't really know. Or water. That's what it was. Water. What was water? Ran out of water in the second quarter against Alabama. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, forgot that, about that. That was a classic moment. That was all time stupid from an op standpoint. Yeah, like a hundred degree day. That's good stuff. Anyway, I don't. Bjork always mystifies. I mean, because he's portrayed himself as an outsider, independent, mm -hmm. and then he hires he's, Luke. It's like, what is happening? He hires Luke, but he was hired by uh, Archie and Glenn, so he was the part of the good old boy hire. Just, I don't know. He's probably he, just super two faced. If we had, if I had the Occam's razor, this. You if know. you told me he was bipolar, I'd believe that. <laughs> I'm not ready to go that far, but basically, it seems like he's he's totally willing. Prove he's not bipolar. He's totally willing. I will not do that. We are not. We are not uh, in any way qualified to be diagnosing people. But what I will say he's is bipolar. I'm going to diagnose him. It wouldn't be surprising if he's the kind of person that's totally willing to say one thing publicly and then behind closed doors, you know, it's a whole different tune and he's, you know, nose or his bread is buttered or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I think he must he must have rich and powerful defenders in the in the booster world of Ole Miss because how else, you know? At yeah, the same he, time, it seems like Ole Miss is just so shell-shocked and been forced to, to lose people like Freeze without choice of their own uh, and Barney and all of that that I don't, I don't really know that anybody wants to fire anyone at Ole Miss right now. I don't. I don't think that's wise necessarily. It's kind of just like a preservation strategy. It's like, well, it's like Vitter and Bjork and and Luke and uh, all the all the assistants, all of that. It's kind of like, 
well, I promise I won't fire you if you don't fire me. Like, let's just have each other's back. Like, we're just, like, going to rats on a sinking ship, this thing. So yeah, I like how I B- Bjork and Vitter compliment each other's leadership. Jesus Christ. And, uh, and Ross is like, uh, you know, Jeff, I really love your transition lenses. And Jeff's like, oh, thanks, Ross. I love that uh, bright red tartan blazer you're wearing. This is really nice. Let's clap. Jeffrey Vitter. Let's, let's clap. Let's all clap. Let's clap, everyone. And then uh, you, you got, like, Chuck in the front row and, and – uh, and Yancey going crazy. Uh, did he ask that? That's great. Yeah, that was his first question. <laughs> great. That's really good, dude. And so what's weird about that is, you know, Chuck is fed questions from the administration. You know, there's a, there's a back-scratching relationship there. So they wanted him to ask that. Like, it's just, it's just all so stupid. Um, and, like, no one, no one outside of the Ole Miss fan base was watching that. No one gave a shit what Vitter and Bjork said at that. Why is the local media writing that Jeff Vitt, that none of this is Jeff Vetter's fault when the tone of the investigation changed around draft night is what when Jeffrey Vetter was chancellor? So the, the, one of the key changes happened under his watch, and the uh, the decision to self-impose for a year, a one-year bowl ban happened under his watch. Why do they ever self-impose a one-year? The only way you would ever self-impose a one-year bowl ban is if you knew that you weren't getting two. Yep. Then they got two, so they totally botched. Yep. That super deal. dumb. Super dumb. Uh, some late break in tonight. I've seen it posted a couple times in the last hour. Jarian Street is transferring. Perhaps uh, Charlie. Perhaps a uh, a a Mars client. What's that dude's name? The the uh, Mars. The nut. The nut lawyer. Jarian Street thinks he's important enough to transfer. Apparently, yeah. Uh, that's impressive, right there. Pretty cool. He was a running back in high school. They put him over on defense. I mean, I never, ever see him do anything. Um, he shit. Didn't do anything. I hope, uh, I hope Mars finds a way to get paid through all this. I'm really worried about that guy. I mean, he's just he's been on a crusade against Ole Miss for like a year now. As far as I know, has yet to uh, you know, get any settlements. <laughs> I I just hope I hope he can find I'm a way. For him to get hit by a truck, if he got hit by a truck, I, would. I hope he can find a way to finally finally get some money or something out of this because he's been he's been trying so hard, man. He he deserves something. Um, cruising right along here. I'm not seeing a ton left in the sanctions that we didn't talk about. Uh, like I said, there will be appeals. We were told by uh, the badass. Chancellor and vice chancellor that uh you know fighting for our interests at that press conference, um so we'll we'll follow that. It could be good for Ole Miss. We'll see. I mean, it's gonna be another panel that the NCAA puts together, a different panel apparently, but still, I mean, it's already been rubber stamped by one panel, right? Would it really be that shocking if it was upheld? Uh, the answer is no, but we shall see. A lot of people around Ole Miss feel confident about the appeal, but they also felt confident about the original case and a lot of other things that have since been wrong. Um, other people feel confident about the Rebel Rags case. I mean, I do think Leo Lewis's statements to the COI, assuming that uh, the lawyer for Rebel Rags can subpoena uh, the transcripts of that COI meeting, it could definitely be very interesting. I mean, we know that Rebel Rags wants to charge a bunch of people with conspiracy. Dan Mullen's been a name been bandied about a lot. I mean, if Dan Mullen did coach Leo Lewis several months before the NCAA ever informed them they wanted to interview him, I mean, that could definitely be used to add him to that case. I mean, that would be, I, I want that to happen just because it would be a spectacle. Well, let's think about this. Dan Mullen told uh, 
Lewis, what to say? And 18 months later, Lewis snitched on State paying him. So is Dan Mullen really a good coach from a legal legal counsel standpoint? I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, that's that's not great. Doesn't look, doesn't, doesn't look good. He's going to be Ron Zook all over again down there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it, I'm a little torn on it, honestly, because I, I don't necessarily like – don't necessarily like Dan, you know. I think he's kind of a cocky asshole. But how how much fun just to watch was like Tebow and Harvin and uh, Hernandez? No, that offense was fun, right? Wouldn't you like to see a resurrection of that? I mean, okay, they're gonna go find the next Percy Harvin. No, you go find the next Tebow, right? Or uh, get a grad transfer Fitzgerald or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that like he's going to do that, but if there's something to cheer for in the whole situation, I would love to see Mullen's offense, the type of talent that Florida can get. I don't necessarily think it'll happen, but I don't know. That's all I'm saying. It was fun offense. Um, Basketball lost two overtime games. They don't have, they don't have a front court. Yeah. We were talking about this a little bit before we started. I mean, two, two tough overtime losses, you know, AK said, I hope we can learn from this, you know, be more focused in the future, all that stuff. I mean, we were talking about this. There's, there's a ton of great guards on the team. Um, There's really about 1.5 post players across like five different options. So that's not great. Um, You know, Hyman can, can have good games for you, but Eustis, Bruce Stevens, Olenicek, uh those guys up and down for sure. I mean, Eustis plays hard and, you know, he does a good job out there sometimes, but he's never going to like carry your team. I think he had like one game last year where he kind of kind of took it over. Um I feel like I'm forgetting someone in that mix of post players that maybe not Shillings is hurt. And Eustis, Dom, Bruce Stevens. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, it's just four. Just four in that rotation, and they are um, definitely not that reliable. Um, so excited about the guard play, obviously. Uh, I think the RPI is like still in the 60 to 70 range. And one good thing about this season is the SEC is up. Um, from what we can tell, there's going to be a lot of RPI opportunities on the regular schedule. And then I think Kennedy has scheduled a lot of tough non-conference games. So I don't, I don't want people to overreact. I mean, I don't think people are necessarily looking to me to tell them how to feel about the basketball team anyway, but... It's a long, long season to go. I was saying to you earlier, John, you know, this could be the sign of mediocrity of, you know, another NIT birth, or, you know, it, it could be just some early stumbles that they learn from and, and get better. We'll have to see, you know, as the season goes on, who knows? Oh man. This is such a, it's such a wordy document that the NCAA released. They can't they can't just give us cliff notes on what the violations are. That's probably why it took an hour on Friday for Ole Miss Media to figure out really what, what we were getting charged with. I mean, there were reports early on that it was way worse than it turned out to be um, as far as the scholarships go, which is funny. Um, I just still can't, I still can't believe how, how light the scholarships are. After next year's class, uh, pretty much be done with the with – with I like the, how they got fined $180,000. Yeah, cool. I guess whatever. Anything. Just random. Just NCAA is just like give us, give us money, whatever. So silly. Oh well, whatever. Uh, let's see. We talked. Let's just hit briefly. We talked about Georgia beating Auburn SC championship game. Playoff field is set. You got Georgia in there. You got Bama in there. Oklahoma and Clemson, right? So the first game is uh, 
Is it Georgia Clemson? No, Georgia Clemson could be the national championship. So it must be Alabama Clemson. Is that first round? Clemson, yeah. And then Georgia Oklahoma. So those are both uh, both good games. Yeah, Oklahoma Georgia is in the Rose Bowl. Uh, I'm yep. not sure what game Alabama Clemson is. Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Oh man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a rabid Bama crowd, but there'll probably be a decent amount of Clemson fans driving down too. Some good games. Who who you like in that field, John? I think Clemson beats Alabama. Hmm. Um, Oklahoma, Georgia. I could go. You know, I'll say Oklahoma because Mayfield's yeah. seen. I mean, gun to my head. Clemson repeats. Clemson wins again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that definitely makes sense. I would. I don't know if I would like to Every see... coach is going to win back-to-back national titles. Matt Luke's going to do that here in eight years. Hell yes, dude. Hell yeah. Um, I, I, I go back... Matt Luke won the SEC in seven years. In seven years. Just like a slow build. It, if oh, Matt... yeah. He gets through this. He kind of figures out how to coach, and then he puts a team together, and they make hey, a run. I... That would be great. I would love to see that happen. I predict if Matt Luke is to win the West, it'll be uh, about the same way that Jackie Sherrill won the West in Mississippi State, like eight and five year where the league is just completely cratered because Saban's retired and uh, there's been some crazy scandal at Auburn and uh, LSU fell off the cliff or something. Lay in the weeds until Saban leaves. Exactly, and then you got to try to strike right then, and then and then you try to be off probation and just uh, spend out the ass to try to win one year, and then just ha- get hammered again. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like this. I like this plan. So yeah, that's the new plan. It's the long game. Uh, Bjork's gonna retire here. Luke's gonna retire here. They they got the twenty year plan going for sure. Um. All right, well, okay, we talked about the playoff field. Uh, a lot of bowls are out. We got some time, though, to, to talk about bowl matchups in the next episode or two. Um, we won't get into it just now. Um, let's see. Gronkowski did a dumb thing, got suspended for next week, really messing me up in the playoffs. So thank you, Gronk. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know. Any other sports stories you want to talk about, John? Or anything you want to talk about? Tiger Woods played four rounds yeah. healthy. It's a big story. Did he end up winning that tournament, or what was the outcome of that? Uh, There's a lot of hype early on. Uh, he finished middle of mid pack, but, but he was but he was looking like a return to form. Yeah, it's because he played with Trump, dude. It energized him. He showed him some uh, some techniques. He helped him with a swing. That's true. Trump made Tiger great great again. There you go. It's there you go. It's hard to argue. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll call it there for now. Finally, like, like we've been talking about all episode, got to talk about the actual sanctions from the NCAA in theory. Now, you know, it's all behind Ole Miss, although at the same time probation through 2020. So gotta be really careful when it comes to recruiting. Um, don't want to do anything to end up in that repeat offender status. And I, I mean, I think it's safe to say the NCAA will be keeping a close eye on Ole Miss. We'd probably love to slap that repeat offender tag on them. Uh, but I mean, Hey, the, the rebuild can, can somewhat start now, even though you, you kept a lot of the same coaches that were involved in the demise. Uh, but Hey, I mean, maybe who, who better, who better knows how to rebuild from the ashes than the, uh, the original failed architects. Right. So we shall see, we shall see what happens. It's going to be, uh, interesting, interesting little time period here. Like I said, we watching the appeal, um, would love to see some movement on all the stuff that Leo Lewis apparently said in Covington, but as of yet, 
uh, pretty much media silent, radio silence from anybody that isn't associated with Ole Miss or Ole Miss friendly in the media. Um, say people don't seem concerned about it. I mean, the NCAA did say they investigated and cleared Mississippi State. It's just hard to believe, you know, the student athlete can admit to receiving $10,000 from a school uh, and be found credible in another case, but then just say, ah, oh, no, that's not a big deal when it comes to his own school. Very odd stuff, very strange. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be here to, to bring you updates as they come. Um, I, I think now we go from Sanctions Watch 2017 to Transfer Watch 2017. So keep an eye on that uh, big name that I think a lot of people are anxious to see is Greg Little. Um, see if he decides to stay at Ole Miss, if he wants to leave, all that stuff. So those are some stories to happen between now and January. Uh, there's an early signing period coming up, National Signing Day, uh, early 2018. So we'll see what kind of what kind of class Matt Luke and the uh, the heralded staff that he just gave raises to can put together in Oxford. will be following all that too. Talked about basketball season. That'll that'll be on the uh, on the schedule as well. So join us again next week, guys, and we'll get into all of that. But thank you for listening. Now, of course, um, we are on SoundCloud now. Hopefully, that means I'm going to be putting the uh, the podcast on some other apps other than just iTunes. I saw John Stevens this weekend uh, and apologize because it's only been about three years since I told him I would put our podcast on Podbean forum. So maybe I'll get around to that one of these days. Um, but for now. John, thank you for joining me, my friend, and uh, discussing these sanctions. I think we had a good little show here. Uh, got some got some words in for the people. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you for listening. For John, I'm Justin. Uh, we'll talk to you again probably about a week.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.